God bless you tonight. We thank God for each and every one of you that have tuned in with Living the Word with Pastor Clay and uh, you that are in the uh, fellowship and the fast tonight. We thank God for each and every one of you. Let's have a word of prayer before we get into our lesson on tonight. God, in Jesus' name, we do love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, and your kindness. For all that you've done for us, God, you have given us multiple blessings. And in this, we give you thanks. Now, God, I pray, God, that the, the hearers of your word will be blessed in the name of Jesus and the doers of your word, that we may be kingdom builders, building your kingdom one soul at a time. Your word is already blessed. Now, bless me to deliver your word with clarity and understanding. I ask this in Jesus' name. Satan, the Lord rebuke you tonight. The blood of Jesus is against you. The power of God stands against you now. And God, in this, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you. May God smile upon you. Get your Bibles. Get get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. Um, when you get them, I want you to go with me to the book of Amos. Go with me to the book of Amos. We want to talk from the prophet of Amos tonight. Amos chapter 5. And there's a few scriptures that I want to read in your hearing. Um, Amos chapter 5, verses, uh, I think 20, I may go from 22 to verse 26. And for your study, I want Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24. That's what we'll be reading from tonight. I'll begin and then I'll have the, my readers fill in when I call you. Are you ready for the word? Let's see here. Amos chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. Let me, actually, let me go back to verse 21 in the book of Amos. I hate and despise your feast days and I will not smell in your solemn assembly. Though you offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beast. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. But let judgment run down as water and righteousness as a mighty stream. Tonight, our lesson tonight in our class, I want to talk about when church folk are rebuked. When church folk are rebuked. That's what I want to talk about tonight. And... Um, you can mix it up. You could say, I could say when religious, you know, people talk about how religious they are. And it's the same difference. Because you can be religious and not be saved. Religious, being religious has nothing to do with salvation. You can be religiously a fan or wrestler fan or hockey or you name it. 
But tonight I want to talk about when church folk are rebuked. First of all, let's let's just just a glimpse at Amos. Amos is Amos is a little different from a couple of the prophets, a few of the prophets, because Amos now as Jeremiah and Ezekiel, them they were prophets. Jeremiah was a, a farmer. He was a farmer, and God blessed him and elevated him from the status of a farmer to a prophet. Tell somebody, tell them that uh, I don't care how you start, you can always end in a different way. See, him as a farmer, and actually he was a shepherd, and so a lot of his um, sayings dealt with farm and dealt with the type of profession that he was in. And so as we look at um, the purpose is really his purpose in his prophecies was to really show how God deals with sin, how God deals with sin. And actually, in particular, how he dealt with the nation of Israel. Um, God's people, even though they're chosen of God, even though they were chosen of God, it still did not, they did not escape the judgments of God when they were in error. So I don't care how saved you think you are and how well you think you're doing. Um, you cross God, God will remind you who you are. And it really, you don't have to go there. You don't have to go to the extreme. You don't have to tempt God. The Bible says, tempt not the Lord thy God. You don't have to tempt God to see if God will deliver you. You don't, you don't have to do that. Um, so let's, let's open up. Um, and I, I, if, if I open up in Amos chapter, um, let, let's look at one through three, really, in the first chapter of the book of um, Amos. Amos, um, at that five, he, he takes up and he talks about, this is Amos chapter five and verse one. He brings in a um, illustration here and talks about seeking God in a time of judgment. And he says, hear this word which I take up against you, a lamentation. All right? So he talks about a virgin. And talks about the virgin has fallen, she'll rise no more, and she's lying forsaken on her land, and no one's there to pick her up. And the virgin of Israel has fallen. Amos saw such a, 
he 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 depicts and sees this this woman um this um tragic young woman in this condition that she is in and this young virgin she's fallen she's forsaken and nobody comes to help her uh-huh and so he he ties it in in her as the rebellion against God. Israel, Israel becomes helpless just as a young woman among violent men becomes helpless. Now, my brothers and my sisters, oftentimes you hold conversations or have conversations and they are so numerous to where we're trying to figure out how God works and deals with us, you and I. And if you want to know how God deals with us as individuals today, the same way that God deal with the nation of Israel as a whole, that's how he deals with us individually. And you will see so, so, so many things that... Um, cross over from the nation to an individual. So the virgin is showing how vulnerable um, and that Israel is and, and the sad. So, and he brings in another metaphor that the city goes out by a thousand and she'll have only a hundred people left there. So Amos is predicting his, his prediction in things that would become so bad for Israel that when their enemy would come up on them, that they would not have enough people to even fight. So now Amos gives and brings out an invitation to seek the Lord. And you find it in chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. Now I need my reader. Four through nine. Can you read? Amos. Uh-huh. Go. For thus said the Lord. Uh-huh. This is chapter five, correct? Yes. Verse four. And it says, for thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Uh-huh. But seek not Bethel nor enter into Gilgal. If Israel was just right for judgment. And listen, my brothers and my sisters, watch this. The key for us, the key for our breakthrough continuously is seeking God. Now, remember, there is a difference between looking and seeking. Have you ever misplaced something in your home and maybe you wanted it and you was, maybe it's on a time time schedule, you was kind of tight and you just try to just kind of glance around and when you didn't see it, you just moved on? We don't glance around and look at and find God. You got to seek him. And in seeking God, you have to really Forget other things and focus, totally focus 
on God. You know, it's just like your prayer. Now watch this one. Since we're in such a technical society, have you ever went down in prayer and your cell phone went off? How many of you don't, don't, I don't want to see your hand. I don't want to see your hand. I don't want to see your hand. How many of you stop praying and answer your phone? If no longer than say, listen, I'm praying, I'll get back with you. You just cut off God from your phone. You really mean that that was that serious? That your cell phone was more important than prayer? Now, if you really think that you could pick it back up, oh God, now I'm sorry. Now, Lord, what was I saying to you now? It's over with. It's a wrap. Huh? It's done. God is more than that. You cannot, you, you cannot haphazardly serve God and think that you're going to reap what I call the fringe benefits. Listen, Scripture says, and I think we find in 1 John, you don't have to turn to it, but you can write it down, 1 John and, uh, chapter 3. You'll find that Christ was manifested to destroy the works of sin. Christ was manifested. Let's see here. God, the begotten, when, when you find the one that says the begotten of the Father, God takes out of himself and gives us Christ. The only begotten of the Father, which is one. There's only one that is begotten of the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. So Christ was manifested to, to destroy the works of sin. Hmm? So then the scripture comes to clear. It, it, it comes to us so clear. Shall we continue in sin to really find out if God's grace is really true? God forbid. So what is grace? Grace is simply an unmerited favor. You did not earn what you have walked into today. Do you really believe that grace and mercy was with you this morning? Grace woke us up. Huh? Grace and mercy. So let's see here. Now, there's, there's three, there's three um, cities, three places of worship that I just want to hit on briefly. You can write these down. Bethel, Gilgal, Beersheba. Bethel, Gilgal, and Beersheba. Mm -hmm. Now, these were, these were places because our survival was to seek the Lord. But my brothers and sisters, the nation of Israel, the people had gotten to a place to where they did not seek the Lord. And in not seeking God, you will find the place of disobedience always being right there, huh? When there's no seeking the Lord. So they would not seek God, but yet there was places of disobedience that they always ran to. Now, Bethel, Gilgal, and Beersheba, they were once places that were associated with, with um, privileges. And now they were places of vain worship centers, empty worship, 
Help me say empty worship. If you look at Genesis, you can just write it down. Uh, yeah, write it down. Genesis chapter 28, verses 11 through 19. You find Bethel. Bethel was a place where God met Jacob. You remember Bethel, right? Okay. Genesis chapter 28, verse 11 through 19. And then you'll find it in Genesis chapter 35, verses 1 through 7. That's Bethel. All right. The next place was Gilgal. G-I-L-G-A-L. And that was a place where Israel, um, that they had their spiritual reproach taken away. Remember in the days of Joshua, Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Joshua chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And then last but not least, you will find the place Beersheba. And Beersheba was connected to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's in Genesis chapter 21, verses 22 through 33. And then Genesis chapter 26, verses 23 through 33. And last but not least, chapter 46 of the book of Genesis, verses 1 through 5. Um, he talks about it. Let's, 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 let's look at, let's jump down to verses 10 through 15. All right? Actually, yeah. yeah let's, let's go there. And you'll find that as he's speaking and prophesying um, to change the outcome of our lives. Something always has to take place. Let's see here. You have to, okay, if, if, you're, if you're going down an interstate, and you didn't check your GPS system on one, you know, the, the technology. Some of them will tell you there's, you know, construction up front and give you how to get away. But have you ever ran across and ran up on a detour? Have you ever run across a detour at nighttime on the interstate? And it's like, where is this thing taking me? Now, you take the detour, but you don't know where you're going. So what do you do? You're trusting on what? Signs. Look at, look at neighbors and neighbor. You're trusting on signs. Now, sometimes, how many know that signs can be confusing? Hmm? Signs can, in other words, now I know it says detour. There's one sign that says detour, but now you've taken the detour, but you now can't pick up another detour sign. So where do you go? No lights. Pitch black. Do you trust your own headlights on where you're going? But you're saying if I continue here, I am sooner or later will find another sign that tells me how to move. Do you not know that that's where we're at in life? Now, I got to move back because people are saying 
that they're waiting for the Lord to come back. How many songs are out there? How many songs that are written? Now, are you really down here waiting on the Lord? If you're waiting on the Lord and not doing anything, then you are in sin. Nobody is saved or accept Jesus Christ as the personal Savior, and you're waiting on the Lord. What are you doing? Now that I'm saved, the Bible says, occupy, oh my God, until he comes. You know, have you ever noticed that people come, and, 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 and you can tell generations now, because you know the house of the Lord, the place that is hallowed out sacred, is not a place for comfort. But how many now have places to where in the sanctuary you can bring popcorn, you can bring peanuts, you can bring Cracker Jacks, you can bring your sippy sip? You are in the house of God. And you're so comfortable. You're so relaxed. And then got the nerve to talk about, ooh, these pews are hard. Wait a minute. You're not here to be comfortable. You're here to hear a word from the Lord. Huh? Oh, my God. So if you're just down here waiting, you're in sin. Oh, my God. Well, let me stay with me. If you look at um, that chapter 5, let's see here. Um, go back to verse, go up to, you got to go to verse 7, I think, 6. Okay. Do you have it? Give me verse, start at verse um, 6. This would be chapter 5 and verse 6. Read or go. Seek the Lord, uh -huh. and ye shall live. Yes. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph uh -huh. and devour it. Yes. And there be none to quench it in Bethel. Yes. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood uh -huh. and leave off righteousness in the earth. Yes. Seek him that maketh the seven stars and, and Orion and turneth the shadow of death into the morning. Now, now it's interesting when you get to verse 8. Verse 8 through verse 9. Verse 8 brings up a distinction here because... It shows us in a historical setting. When God brought, first of all, when God freed, well, let me back up again. Thank you, Holy Ghost. When people prayed and God heard the prayer and God, the Bible recalls and says that God sent a deliverer. We know him as Moses, right? And uh, we know the problems that Pharaoh would not free because the Egyptian, Egypt was our modern day, let's see here, Egypt is our modern day New York City. And, uh, yeah. 
And so everything and anything moves through that area of New York. Now, Egypt, they were, the Egyptians served, the minimum was 10 different deities. We know them as little G gods. That's why God sent 10 plagues. Every plague that God sent against the nation or of Egypt represented one of their deities that they served. And God is letting us know, listen, I'm God. You hear me say often, there's nobody God but God. I am the Lord thy God. Oh, praise God. And so as they came out of Egypt after the plagues and pharaohs, all that, all that situation, because God will place, God will place people, time and seasons amongst his believers. People, times, and seasons. They come out of Egypt. What happened when they came out of Egypt? When they came out of Egypt, they yet, in verse 8 and 9, they brought also with them little g-gods of worship. Let's see here. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. God has done so much for us, and you really want to cling on to Egypt? Wait a minute. God has blessed you in a miraculous way, and you want to hold on to that old stuff? Now, you cannot, the Bible lets us know clearly, you cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. Mammon is a Greek word for the little g God, the God of wealth. Hmm. My brothers and sisters, everything you can think about moves around money. And that's why I'm a stickler. Money is just money. Now, the Bible lets us know in Proverbs that money answers all things. It's scripture. But the love of it, that's the root of the evil when you love it. Hmm? Yes. So you'll find, read, read verse 8 again. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, mm -hmm. and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for the waters of the sea. They had taken these Egyptian liturgy gods and brought them with them into the wilderness. Now, you remember, they did not have to travel no 40 years. Hmm? But help me say, when church folk are rebuked, they didn't have to travel. Some things that we're going through, we don't have to go through. We really don't. There's an easier way, but we really don't get it yet. And do you not know that some of us are just like, as I look around, some of us got a head like some of this concrete around here. You got a head like a brick. And you wonder when are you going to learn anything? Hmm? God, the Bible says, who he loves... He does what? He chastises. Hmm. Come on, Amos. Let's see what we have. 
Go, go, go down to verse 16, please. And it reads, therefore, the Lord, the God of hosts, uh -huh. the Lord saith, saith thus, wailing shall be in all streets. Where, where are you at? You said Amos 5 and 16. Go back to verse 14, please. Mm -hmm. Seek God. Yes, seek God. And not evil. And not evil. Seek God. Now, seek good and not evil. God says, seek it so you'll live. Seek me. Let's see here. We, all of us know 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. We, we know that. We, we, we pretty much know. But that, it, all of that stems from a prayer that Solomon made from chapter 6. After the scaffold was made and, and Solomon stand, goes upon this scaffold and he raises his hands towards heaven. Now, He's thinking in his mind while he's praying. Now he's praying. What could man do? What possibly could a human being do to where it might be iffy if God will rescue him or her or not? So he goes through the list of different things that can happen in the life of mankind. And would you, if they start praying, would you hear these people from heaven, God? Now, 2 Chronicles 7.14 is just an answer from the whole chapter 6 of 2 Chronicles. Huh? Put a pin in that one. Go back, because you're trying to tell you, listen, you could advert this thing that's coming upon you. It doesn't have to overtake you. But there's something about the flesh. Help me say the flesh. That's why the Bible says there is no good thing in the flesh. That's why the Bible says you got to crucify your flesh daily. My brothers and sisters, we cannot afford to let our flesh dictate to our spiritual man. We can't afford it. Ask your name as a neighbor. Haven't you been in enough trouble always? Haven't you really been in enough trouble? Always, always. Always, you're always going through something. Haven't you had enough of it? Aren't you tired of it? You know, you ever get sick and tired of eating the same food? You say, man, chicken, chicken, chicken. Ain't there nothing else than chicken? You get tired, and you want something else. But isn't chicken a staple? <laughs> you can bake it, you can shake it, you can fry it, you can steam it, <laughs> right? You can barbecue it, you can roast it, you can smoke it. <laughs> and that's like sin. Sin, huh, it comes in multiple forms, right? It, it, it'll overtake if you're short, if you're tall. If you're wide, if you're narrow, if you're light, if you're dark, huh? If you're withered, if you're hot, if you're lame, it'll overtake you. Well, praise God. But there are all ways that seem right unto man, but therein is a struggle. One thing that we believe is God will not correct us when we're wrong. And Amos is saying, no, 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 no. You really think 
because you are God's chosen people that God will not correct you. When religious, when church folk are rebuked. Give me some more. When, go ahead. 14? 14. Uh-huh. Seek good and not evil. Yes. That ye may live, and so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you as you have spoken. Now, if you go and, 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 well, I don't want to forward fast, but I got to have, I have to, but I'm going to come back. The Lord says, I am, I have now, I hate and despise your feast days. I hate when you even come together and you gather together. I even hate when you try to give me things and you can't stand your brother and sister. I can't stand. Put a pin in that one. Run over to chapter 5 of the book of Matthew. I need chapter 5 of Matthew. And I want verses 23 and verse 24, my reader. Because that's going to correspond to verse 21 and 27 in the book of Amos. I'm going to come back to verse 16. My reader, go. Matthew chapter 5. Yes, go. Now bring thy gift to the altar, and there rem remember is that thou brother. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, you want to, you want to bring me gifts, and you want to do right, but you done wounded your brother. You that wounded your sister, and you won't repent, and you won't ask for forgiveness. But yet, you want to play churchy. Look at neighbors and neighbor. Mm. Stop playing churchy. You were your best. You come tipping. You come sliding in. You know, and even you brag. You, you, you pay your tithes and give your offerings, but you got blood on your hands. Hmm? You and you and when the service will go forth, you will not apologize. And you got your your hair did, your nails did, and the men got the little small suits on and stuff. And y'all swinging and bowing and clapping. And you thinking that God's going to accept your praise? He said, nah, -uh. it don't work like that. Go back to Matthew. What did Jesus say about it? Leave there thy Go gift. Go back. Start at verse 23 again. Therefore, if yes. thou bring thy gift to the altar. When you bring your gift to the altar. And there rememberest that thy brother have ought against thee. Put a pin in that one. You really think that you have forgotten that you wronged somebody? Jesus said, Jesus, bust them out. You bring your gift. And then when you bring your gift, now you're going to remember. What? <laughs> I done wronged somebody. You knew it all along. Do you not know that some people will never say they're sorry? It's like, you know what? If, if, if I say I'm sorry, I'm going to admit that I was wrong. And I really wasn't wrong. You just took it the wrong way. What? I really wasn't wrong. See, my brothers and sisters, church folk don't think they can do wrong. 
and you're going to do wrong and then send me a text. If I have for, shut up. If I have did what? If means a possibility. If I, for, if, if I really offended you. Look at the words we put together. You know, some people are good with putting words together. And then you're going to send me a text. Now, yes, I'm going to get on my soapbox again. See, I'm so glad that texting is not in scripture. Hallelujah. Someone put your hands together and praise Jesus. Texting is not biblical. For if you think you have an ought against your brother, go. You know what that means? That means you have to really start dealing with people on a one-to-one -one basis. That means you have to get into a place only with them. How dare you bring somebody else that's innocent in with your argument? If you think you got to argue with your brother, go to him and to him only. Now, if you can't get it straightened, then there's, there's some other steps. But you want to skip all the other steps because you want to look good in your wrong. Help me say when church folk are rebuked. Oh, my God. See, you cannot step over people. You can't do people wrong and then go to God with your tithes and offerings and your gift. So Jesus brings up and says, listen here, what you do is bring your gift to the where? Altar. Read. Leave there thy gift before the don't, altar. Don't carry it back. Leave it there. And go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother. Now wait a minute. Go and what? Get it straight with your brother. Brother. Then come and offer thy gift. Now wait a minute. Leave it there. And when you get done, come back and start all over again. Tell me as a neighbor, you have to start all over again. Listen, you cannot continue keep doing stuff and thinking you're not going to get it. God does not mock whatsoever a man soweth. That shall he or she going to reap. Sometimes we don't understand why we are reaping some things. Some of us have been doing some stuff for a long time, and now you can't figure out why this stuff keeps happening to you. Huh? Before you can end up with one thing, here comes something else. Now, it's two sides to this. Sometimes we look at that, praise God, that those that live right, amen, are going through for their strength and trials. Well, for the trying of our faith, work it patience. Not the trying of your flesh. The trying of your faith. Work it patience. See, the stuff we're doing, it's a carnal thing. It's a flesh thing. And do you not know that even, even the nation of Israel, as Amos was making some parables here, he lets us know, amen, that if you're going to avoid these disasters, you have to come clean. Huh? And listen, my brothers and sisters, listen. Well, let's see here. I've always said for years, and I don't have the 
percentage of it. But I believe the Bible is 80% rebuke. And the Bible is for saved folk. It ain't for unsaved people. The scriptures are for the believers, not for the unbelievers. There's things in the scripture text that will tell an unbeliever what to do. But to live holy and righteous, the word of God is clear for us to live. Huh? Bye. Um, are you done with that? Did you finish it? Go to your brother. Leave the ark. Leave the gift at the altar. Go to your brother. And when you get it straight, read that one more time. Did we leave with it not being straightened out? Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. <coughs> First be reconciled to thy brother. And then come and offer thy So, gift. in other words, when you do it God's way, whatever the problem is, it's going to be resolved. Huh? And when it's resolved, come back to the altar. What? Begin at the altar. Take care of your business and then come back to the altar. Because the altar is a place to alter anything that's not like God. You believe that? Come up with a praise on it right now. Jump down to verse 21, please. I mean, no more time. Amos chapter 5, verse 21. I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Listen, man, if you want to get somebody upset, then these folk got hot at Amos. Now, remember, Amos is delivering this word. God said, I hate what? I hate, I despise your feast days. Uh-huh, I, I, listen. All of them observations, observances that we had, the, the, the sacred assemblies and, and all of these things, God said, I hate them. I hate all your religious ceremonies because you, you're, you're doing all of this stuff. Matter of fact, put a pin in that. That's why even with communion, so, so, so let a man examine himself before he even take communion. Check out before he even take it because some die because they're taking it wrong and some are sickly among us because you're taking the Lord's body and the blood wrong. You're coming before God with blood on your hands. Uh, so I hate and despise your feast days. I hate and despise your assembly. God was offended of their religious ceremonies. Hmm? It got to the place that they were disconnected. The hearts were disconnected. They were disconnected. Their life was just, what they did was just meaningless. Huh? And these, there were some people during that time that they were getting rich off of the other folk. The poor folk there is misusing. And there was injustice amongst the nation. Read. Give me some. Though you offer me burnt offerings mm -hmm. and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beast. And not only that, but what? 
Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your, your songs has become just a bunch of noise. You're singing. Oh, that sounds good to me. Ooh, nothing. God said, I hate your songs. Hmm? Now, ain't no, ain't no, there ain't no joy for this one. No, God said, I hate it. Remember, I, I, I told you a couple of things. If you want to live right and do right, hate what God hates and love what God loves. You can't go wrong. Put a praise on that, somebody. God said, take away from me. Get, get, get that noise away from me. Uh, I don't, you know what? Not only you're singing, I don't even want to hear your instruments. Am I in the book? Read it. My reader, go. For I will not hear the melody of thy vials, mm -hmm. but let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. This is where you hear a lot of uh, uh, politicians quote this from the scripture about civil rights and whatnot, about what is just and what is right. Um, and they come and they go to um, Amos here. You have to separate. You have to separate the things that are holy from the way that we treat others. And you and, and, and then so, you, you don't think that God does not like, God's not happy when we treat and mistreat each other. Hmm? To the place to where even justice is not there. We don't even, we don't even do right by others. Amos is, is saying. So he says, just keep your stuff. Just, just keep it. I don't want it anyway. Just, just keep it. If you look at, um, give me some more. Oh, my goodness. Come on. 25. Have, he, have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in is, the wilderness? Is this a question? Have you what? Have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness 40 years? O house of Israel. Uh-huh. But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch. Wait a minute. 40 years. 40 years you in the wilderness. And you said how much you loved me. But in them 40 years, you also had little G gods with you. You know what that lets us know? Come and say when church folk are rebuked. You know, in other words, people are playing church. Let me, let, let me keep it real. They're not playing church. They're living phony lives. You're not saved. See, when you tell somebody they ain't saved, oh, my goodness, you want... You want World War V to happen. Tell them you ain't saved. You ain't saved. How you know you ain't saved? Because the tree is known by the fruit it bears. Well, who are you the judge? No. You don't judge your own self. Who am I? I'm just a fruit inspector. A tree is known by the fruit it bears. Huh? Now I know that people have gotten smart now that they can take a lemon tree and 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 
and cut it and 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 cut it off and place it with a a lime tree and tie it up and then let it grow, let the season grow, and it will produce lemon and limes. Oh yes. I've seen it for my own self. Had lemonades made from it. Oh yes. But that ain't the way God wanted it. If God wanted a 50-50 tree, he would have made a 50-50 tree. Look at your neighbor. If God wanted you half right and half wrong, he would have made you that way. Somebody put a praise on it right now. Will you Come on, will you praise God right now? If he wanted you to be fickle to your thinking, then he would have made you fickle. You know? And yes, I know you brag and talking about... That's, that's just who I am. Really? Why you want to swell up now? Really? Well, however you were, even however you was born, the Bible said you must be born again. Huh? Yeah. Because if you're not born again, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. See, my brothers and sisters, the church now has now become a place to where it's like um, a sorority. It's like some type of club. You know, we come in and uh, actually we come clubbing. Oh, you can find anything in the church now. Whatever in the world they're doing, they're doing it in the church. And they're saying, you know, this is a way that folk get saved. No, no man can watch me. Watch me now. We'll praise God. No man can come into God except the spirit of God draws them. You got churches that give away, they give away cars, they give away clothes, they give away, away uh, round trip tickets, you know, they, they give away all kinds of stuff. But it doesn't mean that the soul or the man's been changed. Huh? And if you're not careful, when the Bible talks about this, well, praise God. The Bible said, oh, blessed be to God, be not conformed to this world, but you be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Why is that necessary? Three things. You need to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is God's perfect will. Everything we do is not acceptable. Huh? Oh, no. It's not acceptable. And you want other folks to accept it? And then when you get into a tight, you don't know scripture. You keep putting, oh, praise Jesus, Moses in the lion's den. Then you're going to call somebody. Now, where was that scripture? You want to argue the scripture with somebody. You don't even know the word. Now, how are you going to get in an argument with somebody and you don't even know the scripture text yourself? Well, hold on. Wait a minute. Hold on for a minute. Let me call you back. Let me call somebody and find out about that scripture. Well, praise Jesus. If you, if you love God, you'll keep my commandments. And the Bible said my commandments are not grievous. Help me say when church folk are rebuked. Amos had a job to do, and it was not comfortable, my brothers and sisters, because there's so much hypocrisy in our churches. And amongst us, there's nothing wrong with God's church. Jesus paid it all. 
It's not the church. What is a church? It's not the building. It's the body. It's the body of baptized believers in Christ. You have to be in him. Oh, praise God. See, so many folk are on the outside looking in, but you got to get in him. Huh? And do you not know that it does not take an act of Congress for you to go and say, I am sorry and repent? Sometimes you think that it, it has to go to the Congress for them to write some type of decree for you to apologize. Now watch this one. I'm going to have to let you go. If you don't forgive your brothers and sisters, God won't forgive you. Now wait a minute. Then I heard the Bible declare and say, it is a terrible thing to fall into the hand of an angry God. Will you please read that again? Give me Amos chapter 5 and verse uh, 25. Have you offered unto me sacrifices mm -hmm. and offerings in the wilderness 40 years, mm -hmm. O house of Israel? Mm -hmm. But you have borne... Listen, listen. They offered sacrifices in the wilderness and their sacrifices were not always to God. Their sacrifices had to deal with these false deities. Well, how do you explain that, Brother Pastor? You're saying I'm doing this in the name of the Lord, but your belly's getting awfully big. Can somebody talk back to me? You're saying you're offering a lot of things up to God. I'm doing this in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But look like to me you got one hand out and one hand in your pocket. Injustice. Now watch me now. The Bible is right. The, the, the Jesus said the poor you have with you always. Now there's two types of poor. There's a poor, matter of fact, let me, let me say it like this. I remember one, one time in my early years of my life, I was traveling and I, was down, I went down to um, Jackson, Mississippi. It might have been, yeah, mid-70s, I think it was, might have been. And uh, I was in Jackson, and I was a little smaller than I am now. <clears throat> yeah, a little smaller than I am now. But when I got down there, these folk ate. They ate breakfast. They had breakfast, brunch, lunch, supper, and dinner. And I never had, I never had at 8 o'clock in the morning fried pork chops, red beans and rice, homemade biscuit, dark gravy, uh, rice and grits and scrambled eggs. That's breakfast. Now they looked at me, they looked at me, and they said, oh, you poor. Now one of them said, poor. And I was like, I had my pocket, I had money in my pocket. No, you must got the wrong one. I didn't know what they meant by poor. They meant I was too thin. 
They needed some meat on me. So what I'm trying to say, there's a poor in spirit. Now, if you go over to chapter 5 in the book of Matthew, write that down. The first, I think the first maybe 10 verses. I like to call them, it says the Beatitudes, but I like to call them, be it your attitude. Uh, and it talks about the poor in spirit. Uh, talks about the meek and how they inherit the earth. So there's, there's poor in spirit, there's poor in flesh, and there's poor with finances. When Jesus said the poor, yeah, with you always. Now that's, that's those that have met the level that, uh, um, that meets the place that they need help or assistance. I prayed this years ago because Jesus said, the Lord said that they would be there. I said, Lord, but I don't want to be one of them. Because I know that whatever God gave me to do, I will be able to do more and to handle more and bless more people. Now, the Lord, watch me now. The Lord never said that the church is full of poor folk. No. And the Lord never did say that rich people can't make it in heaven. Jesus said it's just harder for those that are rich. God has some rich Holy Ghost filled folk in the church. God has millionaires and billionaires in the church. You hear what I'm saying? So don't think that the church is just supposed, supposed to be poor, lame, and wounded folk. Huh? No. See, sometimes we don't understand that, praise God. And when the spirit of liberality comes in, there is a group and a sect of these people here that they try to take all and everything they could, and those that did not have, they didn't care about them. They had the mentality that the rich get rich and the poor get poor. Now, if you remember, Jesus did with, the, oh, I got two minutes. Jesus did with the young man, the young, rich, young ruler. Talked about, he asked Jesus, what, what, what can I do, uh, you know, to be saved? How, 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 can I, how can I live a safe life and make it into heaven? Jesus started laying things. I said, oh, I kept all that. I kept the mosaic law. I did all that. When I was, I taught, was taught that as a child, I kept all of that. He said, oh, yes, you talked well. You did. You're right. But one thing that you failed to do. Well, where is that, Jesus? Sell all you have and give to the poor. Now, when he said that, the Bible said the young man walked away and was hurt. But I teach and tell you, if he would have stayed there and listened to what Jesus had to say and finished the conversation, he would let him know that nobody has ever given up houses and land, mother and father, and didn't get them back in this life and the life to come. Huh? Whatever that you give away or whatever that you sow in ministry, the Lord said, I promise to give it back to you. So you don't have to cheat. You don't have to, to do things that hurt one another. You don't have to take advantage of nobody in the church. You don't have to do that. And this is what the prophet was saying to the nation of Israel. There are transgressions that God hated. My brothers and sisters, I'm past my time. Tonight, I just want to just encourage you and let you understand tonight when church folk are rebuked. Nobody gets away with nothing. And I thank God for each and every one of you that are tuned in tonight, being with us tonight.
And thank you so much for sharing your time with living the word with Pastor Clay. God bless you. The Lord bless you.